Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. A couple of things we just want to share for you and with you today. In Psalm 110, this is a very unique passage. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Aren't you grateful for a God who loves to help his people win and not lose? I said, are you not grateful for that? That he wants us as children of God to be victorious and to win in the battles that come our way. And there are many that come our way, but God's will is that we win when it's all said and done. So Father, your word is truth. Thank you for the blessed assurance we have when everything else is unstable. We stand on your promise for strength and peace and confirmation and manifestation. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, God has a word for us this morning. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? (laughs) And once he throws something in my direction, it kind of gets stuck with me. I can't let go of it. When he starts planting something in my spirit, I mean, it starts consuming my thoughts, and I start seeing things that are related to that principle from God's word. Listen, so I study, and I have to share it, and I prepare so that what I share is something that's been processed through my own processor. Amen? I study not to preach. I study to live because God's word is life to me. And, and just to get up and to talk to people and tell others what they need to do, well, there's no growth in that for the person who's speaking. But there needs to be growth in the person who delivers that truth. There has to be growth in the one who studies. So I study to live. Then when a person speaks who study to live, there's power in what they have to say. There was a song years ago that people used to sing, don't hear much very often anymore, and it used to go kind of like, trouble don't last always. And uh, sometimes we think it does, don't we? But then you remember, this trouble in my life has been here too long. Anybody testify to that? This trouble has been too long. Don't you think it's time to deal with the trouble that's been there too long? Some have missed moments for growth. And it's when you're in the middle of despair, you can miss the moment of growth. And part of this is a process that God has us in. You see, it's in the process to our destination that God is forming us. So here's the way the word of the Lord puts it. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in. So in the process, we are growing to know who he is. He brings us out of a situation into the wilderness and tests us in the wilderness. That's what God did with his people in the wilderness so he can take us in to the promised land. God has no problem delivering us. We just sang about that. He has no problem bringing breakthrough. He has no problem bringing deliverance for us. He has no problem healing us and relieving us of the problem that we face. God's got no problem with providing for us. But he asks, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And it's a rhetorical question. And of course, the answer is no. But here's the challenge. When we understand that, we understand that God's our healer and God's our deliverer, but God's challenge is with our minds, how we think. After 400 years of Egyptian bondage, God could bring them out in one night. They ate the lamb. By the time dawn arrived the next morning, they were on their way out of Egypt. He could bless them so they could leave with the wealth of Egypt. I mean, they literally did. And no problem for God. Three million people plus left Egypt with health and wealth. Not one feeble among them. God had no problem sending Moses down to speak to Pharaoh and to deliver the challenge to this patriarch ruler. God procured their release, plaguing all of Egypt. 
And then God got them to move out from their bondage of slavery. Again, no problem. He got them out. The problem God had was once he got them across the Red Sea, they were a direct route into the promised land, no more than about 11 days travel at best. What should have taken them 11 days ended up taking them 40 years. The reason they took 40 years, God needed for them to have a change of mind and a change of heart and a change of perspective about who he was. Because if their minds did not change, listen, you can take them out of Egypt, you can place them in a greater place, but even in the better place, they would turn that place into Egypt. Because even after exiting Egypt, their minds didn't change. And those who have had bad relationships, negative things happen, broken marriages or dating relationships breaking up, and your heart's broken, and now you're trying to look for someone else to fill the void, don't get in a hurry to look. Because if you don't heal, even if you find Prince Charming, in fact, you could find Jesus walking in, and you'll still mess it up if you don't heal. Are you listening? Because you're carrying the seeds of the manifestation of where you are, and those seeds need to come out. You've got to get healed from where you are to go to where God wants to take you. God has to change our minds, helping us to make the adjustments in the way we perceive. There are some situations you should never run from, ever. Well, pastor, what are they? Remember when God left Jacob alone and he had to struggle and wrestle? He will leave you like that. Then Jacob wrestled with God all night long. Don't be upset when everybody seems to have abandoned you and friends are not available to you. They say, well, I was there for you. Where are you? You can say that to them. I was there. Well, how come you didn't show up when I needed you? There are times when God will make friends unavailable because he doesn't want them interfering with what he's trying to do with you and in the relationship you have with him. Don't get angry with your friends. They may very well be well-intentioned and they want to be there for you, but God made it inconvenient for them at the time to get around you. That was by intention. The greatest growth periods are when you were alone and you begin interrogating yourself. And now you've got to open it all up and lay it on the table when life starts asking questions. And some are so wired, they always have to have someone around them. And there always has to be noise going on around them and always something to distract them. In some cases, because they don't want to have to deal with themselves. God will arrange it so you will have to deal with yourself. And we learn it's in those alone times that God can do the deepest work he's trying to do in our hearts and lives. In my conversations with God, I've asked him over and over about the topic of trouble. Why are there so many troubles that come our way? And from Scripture, he makes it very clear that certain trouble comes with the territory. It just comes with the territory. And my response was, well, I know weeping endures for the night, and then joy comes in the morning, but please fast forward. My clock seems to be stuck somewhere because morning hasn't arrived yet, right? I'm going through some circumstance, and then I say, I will do this when all of that is over, right? I will tackle something when this trouble has passed. The problem is, it seems like nothing is ever over. Things hang around, and you're constantly challenged, praying, God, would you move this? Asking him, can we get through this? God has to awaken me with some cold water to the face, and he'll do the same thing for every one of us. There are certain things that come with the territory. And we need to understand, we're soldiers in a war. And folks, certain things happen during war. It comes with the territory. 
And that was God's answer. There are certain things I don't like, but they come with the dimension that I'm in with God. The former president, Donald Trump, had many businesses that he operated and governed and oversaw through the years of his career. All of them, many of them rather, at the same time. He had companies. and His companies, multiple companies, hired thousands of employees. And most of the people that worked for him were pretty happy to work in one of his companies. However, one of his offices housed nothing but a floor of professionals in suits. It's all they had on one floor. They were his corporate lawyers. Why? Because he was the constant target of lawsuits. Now listen to his perspective on that. A minister friend of his found out about the, the floor with all the lawyers on them. And he said to the former president, I'm going to pray for you that you will be delivered from all these lawyers, okay? <clears throat> and all the hassles that they bring. And he said, why? He said, this comes with the territory. It comes with being who I am. When you deal with millions and billions, it's a part of life. And he said, it's normal, and it doesn't sweat me. It doesn't bother me. His message to those desiring to climb the ladder of big business is this, quote, to be mentored by me, to advance to these heights, you'll have to plan on having an office of attorneys, okay? And there are Christians. The challenge, it's there for all of us. It doesn't change for any of us who've been conscripted to put on the armor and go to war with the Lord. As we move forward, there are challenges that come with the territory. And instead of stressing out in panic, instead of, listen, because you must understand, this comes with the territory. And your response needs to become, that doesn't sweat me. That doesn't trouble me. To have the anointing, the flow that I operate in, I have to deal with warfare every day of the week. There's no let up from it. There's no one day where there's not a battle. I have to deal with some who don't like me. Then I remember that the Lord is with me and he's assigned his angels all around me. I'm his. I belong to him. Amen. There's a floor I have reserved in my ministry and I'm not lawyered up on that floor. It's my warfare floor because there will always be warfare. And just as some of you go to the health club at the first of the new year, making promises you will not keep, okay? I go to war every single day, and I cannot afford not to keep my promise, amen? Because there always will be warfare. If I sit and only focus on the pressures that come at my, at my desk every single day, I can't do what I'm primarily called to do if all I do is focus on those pressures. Some are focused on stuff that comes with where you are. It's part of the territory. But you can't allow that stuff to consume you and drive you. The word speaks of not being unequally yoked. It, it has applications for marriage and business and friendships and contracts, because when the Lord begins taking you places and those who have been near you don't want to go to those new places, then you're going to find out who your friends are. They become critical of you and they'll say, you've changed. No, I'm walking somewhere else where the Lord is taking me. They don't want to walk where you're walking, and that becomes a choice. So the territory changes. And I'm not belittling anybody that does that, but if they're not walking with you in unity, they will not understand where God is taking you. They can't wrap their brain around that. Because when you're giving the devil all he can handle, you're going at a pretty intense level. And when there are new levels, there are new devils. And you will deal with levels of devils as you move forward in the Lord. And the enemy will keep throwing at you everything he has in his military. And he won't lie down just because you have arrived at a new level. He's not going to roll over and go, okay, I quit. And if you just focus on that devil, you're never going to get where God has ordained you. 
If all you do is sit wondering, when's this going to end? When's this battle going to stop? It is going to last a long time, if that's your perspective. But it will not stop me from being who I am, doing what he asked me to do, or how he asked me to do it. The enemy will intensify his attacks for the purpose of neutralizing you, paralyzing you, getting you to stop pushing him out of his territory. Jesus understood this. And so his half-brother writes, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Praise the Lord. So rejoice today. If you're in a battle, rejoice. The problem is with many churches, and I don't want that to happen to us, is the church is too sad. They walk in sad. They walk out sad. Listen, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Some churches are sitting around looking for an easy ride. We just want to cruise into glory. God says, I have no easy rides. All of them are going to be bumpy, and they're going to be difficult. God says, I have no easy rides. I've got no four-wheelers for you. Uh Uh-uh. Nothing with training wheels, nothing that's quad, so you have perfect balance. We have to learn to ride that bike on our own and understand we only grow strong when we're in the heat of a battle. And you learn to say, I'm not worried about that. That doesn't sweat me. I'm trusting God. Amen? Jesus is out on the Sea of Galilee. He has commanded the team, we're going to the other side. So let's get bored this boat, and let's go. They hit the middle of the lake, and this huge storm arises. Okay, here's what it says. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Oh, my goodness. So they're in the middle of the lake, and the boat seems to be going down. They're tossed about back and forth. They've got no control over where they need to go. It got nasty. It got scary. Jesus is asleep. And the disciples are already dead and buried. Right here. Okay? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat, and his head's on a cushion. And they're beside themselves. They're going to die in their minds. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That's a nice kind of King James language usage of the term. Don't you care? We're going to drown. We're all going to die. And they were waking Jesus up, having forgotten what he told them. What did he just tell them before they left the shore? Whenever we get in the dark, we need to remember what he said in the light. They didn't remember what he said on the shore. I think these are people I need to preach to. Anybody over here excited? Okay, we just want to be sure you're still out here on this side, okay? You're going to go through some storms. You're going to face some of the most wild and crazy days you've ever faced. It rains on the just and on the unjust. You're going to have to deal with some stuff, and we better toughen up and we better armor up, and we better be ready when the storm comes. You've been praying to go from level to level, from dimension to dimension, and we all want God to give us this next great awakening. How many are believing that God's going to give us the next great awakening, that this year is going to be a year of revival, of repentance, and restoration? Amen. If you're going to get to that dimension where you're not just kind of hanging out in preschool and hanging out kind of if you were working at the fast food place flipping hamburgers, you're going to have your own place and you're going to operate your own ministry and operate your own lifestyle. Now you're going to have new devils. They're going to be coming at you from every direction. There'll be some trouble that comes with blessing because that's the way it works and that's the way the territory looks. 
You might as well get used to it. You're never going to get to the place where something is not ruffling your feathers. You're never going to get there. And if it's ruffling your feathers, you need to say, I must be doing something right, and I must be doing something great. I must be involved in something good. This is evident that I am heading for a different level. With all the buffeting the churches have taken across America, I pray that we will make a 180, and all of a sudden, a huge surge of repentance with revival and pushback and let the church stand stronger than it's ever been in our lifetimes. Amen. Well, back to the boat. And I'm not talking about Gilligan. This is not a three-hour tour, okay? This is not, ha-ha, let's have some fun on the island. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And he said to them, let's cross over to the other side which means we're going to the other side, which means we will arrive on the other side, that the destiny has already been predetermined. You were on that side. Now there's something between you and your arrival on the other side, and you have to get past it, and you have to cross over it to get to the destination. The other side is a larger blessing. The other side is a larger lesson. The other side is this new territory. The other side is a greater dimension. There are people waiting on the other side, waiting hungrily for deliverance, for hope, for healing, for reconciliation. There's promotion on the other side. And as you're heading for the other side, a storm arises. And you think you're going to slip under the cloud bank and through the fog and the enemy is not going to spot you out there heading for the other side. So they're headed to the other side, and the storm hits, and they're panicked. They're afraid. They now believe we're going to die. They wake Jesus up from sleeping and resting and trying to recoup. Watch this. Jesus awakened, and he rebuked first his disciples. Boy, it got quiet in here. <laughs> because the part of the process of growing is there will be rebuke from Jesus when we start whining and complaining and crying over stuff that we have allowed to grow into a mountain in our lives. His disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We're drowning, right? But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you? of little faith. Okay? That wasn't a pat on the shoulder for a job well done. That was not what he was doing in that moment. Okay? Here's the way it, it, it's read from the original language. He said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you not believe? What, I, what did I tell you on the other side? The disciples had been terrified. He was not pleased with them. He was not happy over their circumstance. They awakened him after he said, we're going to the other side. We're going, right? Now here's a tweet you can send out from God. Stop staying up all night when I said we're going to the other side. Okay? You don't need to fret about it. You don't need to go crazy over it. When God made a promise to you, stand on it. Wouldn't we just sing it? He won't lie to me. He'll fulfill his promises to us, right? He might not tell you all the details of the in-between because some might abandon ship before we even left shore. But you need to remember what he promised you. He said, I will heal you. He said, I will save your house. He might go to a far country on the journey to the house, but just know God is going to do a work in his life. And he was begun a good work in your child, shall complete it. God says, trust me, trust me. So Jesus rebukes his disciples. And that's a reminder. The waves and winds were tossing the ship everywhere. It was out of control. It goes with the territory. Storms are with the territory. Again, some Christians, and it's kind of this whole stuff that we've been through for almost two years now. Think about this. In March, it's going to be two years of this craziness. 
And some have just abandoned the Lord and abandoned the ship and said, I'm, I can't handle this kind of stress. They were on a cruise. They thought this was a Disney cruise liner. And, you know, Mickey Mouse would be running around handing out petals and flowers and all kinds. Of, no, no, this is, this is a battleship. And we're going to face storms and we're going to have war and we're going to have to armor up and get ready for this kind of thing. A great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves. They were being tossed everywhere. It was horrible. It's not fun because you get scared and you're panicked. And it's easy to break and run, but there was no place for them to go except to Jesus, right? They were seasick. The ship is rocking. The disciples are being knocked all over the place on board that boat. And after Jesus then dealt with his disciples, then Jesus looked at the situation, and then he handled it for them. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And here's what it says. Now, this is amazing. And again, from the original, he looked, he, he, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the water, the sea, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Seas don't calm down in a moment after a storm. Immediately they stopped. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? <laughs> Why? They were astonished. Even the wind and waves obey him. Absolutely, the wind and the waves obey him. He created them, right? He owns them. And let me give you a test. If you only applaud because the storm ceased, there is no passing grade for that. It gets quiet again, huh? The only way to applaud after... It's okay to applaud then. Did you applaud before? Did you believe before, right? Remember the word. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. The peace is not the winds stopping. This is peace. This is peace. The peace is the balance of you not being tipped over are knocked over. And when you begin to lean this way a little bit, then peace brings you back upright. The peace Jesus desires for his followers is balance in the middle of the storm. Many Christians can't handle the slightest rocking of their boat. The minute the boat starts to rock, where's the lifeboat, right? Newsflash. Life is going to have us bouncing back and forth. But if you remain centered in the Lord, his peace will bring balance to your life, stability to your life. You will not get tipped all the way over either way, this way or that way. God says, I'm tired of complaining about stuff that comes with the territory. Stop complaining about the fact that it's just a part of life that you're going to be in the middle of a battle. He's rebuked me. He will rebuke you. Don't waste so much prayer time worried about the storms. The father said to Jesus, his son, who was at his right hand, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Now, many want to get to another dimension. How many want that this year? Do you? I want repentance and fasting and prayer. I want repentance to bring revival. I want revival to bring restoration. Amen? I want the church to be stronger than it's ever been and an influence on our culture like it hasn't been in decades. But when they arrive at that dimension, they don't want to pay the cost or the price that is required to get to that dimension. Because as soon as you become the manager or the owner, you're going to have to start dealing with some stuff you didn't have to deal with at a lesser level. Now you're going to be responsible for payroll. Now you're going to get responsibility for attitudes. Now you're going to have to deal with incompetence among those not serving the way they should. You're going to have to deal with that. Don't shout because you just got promoted. Shout because God will give you the grace to deal with the new responsibilities. Amen. 
Amen. Nothing less than repentance and revival and restoration is necessary for the church to regain her footing and establishment once again in our culture. We want to see the lame walk. We want to watch blind eyes opened. We want to see and hear the deaf are listening and hearing now. And I've witnessed those miracles. I've been part and parcel to some of those kind of miracles. We want the days of powerless ministries to end. We want to see supernatural ministry return. We want to unlock the way back to the presence and power of God, the way God grants power to do great signs and wonders among his people. And when our hearts are in the position, God will give that to us. We've been able to create mind-boggling technological breakthroughs. And we can now do in an instant what it might have taken us months and years to accomplish in the past but we will never find a shortcut to supernatural power. It does not exist. There has to be a journey that all of us take in order for that to get there. And the church needs to journey there together so we can see together what God wants to do. Years ago, during the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth, a young man, he was enthralled by all the power that was demonstrated in Smith's services And he ran up to Smith after a service and begged him, would you give me the gift you have? I want to be able to work and function in the ministry gift that you have. And Smith looked at him, and I'm going to quote this so you never forget it. He said to the boy, you don't want it. Because before God is through with you, you'll feel as if a thousand switch trains have run over you. Because it's not cheap. And it doesn't come because we just say we want it. Before God uses us greatly, he will wound us deeply. He will allow that to happen because it's the process. And don't think it's strange that you're in the middle of tests. Don't think it's strange that trials come your way. Don't think it's strange that all of a sudden you're in a battle that you didn't want and didn't hope for or dream for. Don't think it's strange you know, we're, the, the, the church, the early church understood this when Jesus sent them to the upper room and he said, I want you to go there and I want you to wait. Do not depart, but wait for the promise of the Father. And that's the key. Remember, a- a- Abraham could not wait. <clears throat> Ishmael was the result. King Saul could not wait. It cost him his kingdom. Esau could not wait. It cost him his birthright. How long do we have to wait? As long as it takes. Whatever has to be done in us to get us to where God wants us, we're ready to go on the journey with the Lord. Are you listening today? Because new levels mean new devils. We'll face challenges as we move upward and forward in the Lord, and the challenges will come at you daily I know from experience, that's how it works. So, you know, we have this motto, we call on the name of Jesus by faith, not because we're just desperately without faith, but because we believe him. The father said to Jesus, sit here by me, wait until I make your enemies your footstool. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. That's what God wants for his people in our world today. We shouldn't be hiding behind these walls. We should be in the marketplaces. Our voices should be heard. We should be standing up in the classrooms, in the schoolrooms, to our teachers, to, the, to, the, to those in poli- poli- political positions. It's, this is the day for the church to be heard. Not run, but rule in the midst of the enemies. And how will he, how will he accomplish this? Through his bride. That's how he always works, through the church. God has anointed his bride with power and authority to rule over every demonic stronghold. Do you understand that today? I, was, I, was, I read this to you a few weeks ago, and I want to just briefly share it with you again because I think it's important. You cannot serve from the sofa. You cannot have community of faith on your sofa. 
you can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together on your sofa. Christians are not consumers. We are contributors. Uh, did you hear that? We are not consumers. We are contributors. We're difference makers. So God help us to recognize that as the body is connected together and joined together in this fight, we can't lose. The enemy will become our footstool. God has anointed his bride with power and authority to rule over every demonic stronghold. And one issue with the body today, we have not embraced the words of Jesus because he's given us power and authority over diseases and devils. Learn to rule in the middle of demonic strongholds. He's given us power over our adversary, and we have to comprehend some attacks just come with the dimension that we've entered. They are going to come because we've stepped into a place we've never been before. And instead of just saying, Lord, move this thing, Lord, would you please do this for me? He already knows. He has assigned us to cross over the Sea of Galilee. And once he's assigned us and the storm starts to rage, don't panic trying to wake Jesus up, but step up and be at peace and speak peace to that storm. Hear Jesus, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And God is saying to us, there are some things I will not move until they don't move you. Some things God will not move until they don't move us. Don't awaken every day saying, oh, I have to deal with this now, and I have to deal with this other now, and now this is all waiting for me, and feel like you're a target because you are. It goes with the territory, but that's not the kinds of words you want to be speaking out of your mouth. He wants soldiers to awaken daily looking for that devil. Where you think you're going to hide from me today, looking for the battle and not regretting the lessons of warfare we have learned on the journey, not forgetting that the same God who delivered me yesterday will deliver me again today. Say, count it all joy. Say it. Count it all joy. When I walk into trials. Say it. When I walk into trials. Because it's a test of your faith. And it produces endurance. The battle we're facing will produce endurance. Amen? Amen? So here's what the scripture says. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing, lacking nothing. Thank the Lord. You ought to stop right there and say, thank you, Lord. Because you're making, you're making a child of God out of me. Now, you'll wrestle with God because none of us likes to face the battles. In fact, all too many have tried to slide under the radar and hope that the enemy doesn't spot you. You're asking the Lord, how long is this going to last? How long? And God's answer is simple. Be patient. I don't like that answer. I don't know about you. I'll just speak for myself. I don't like that answer. Be patient. I'm trying, Lord. <laughs> Be patient. And he gives us a choice. You can sit here praying for deliverance and demand that he do it quickly, fast. Hurry up, Lord. God says, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm moving seemingly slowly, but I'm going to give you a chance in the middle of that patience building to rule over your enemies. I'm teaching you endurance because I'm stretching you in such a way so when I do move, I will not just provide you a miracle. When I move, I will move in such a dimension that the stuff you even have not prayed for, but I know you have need of, will be provided. I will add that to the mix of blessing because you've been patient and you built endurance, and you become a strong son or daughter of mine in the kingdom and the army of the Lord. When I'm through allowing this process, you will no longer be begging me, but you will be thanking me, wanting nothing. Everything you've ever imagined, he said, I will provide you when you grow and you develop and you mature. 
And the more we grasp what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, the quicker the promises will come to us. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Say, my trouble comes with this territory. But I will rule in the middle of my enemies. So watch. You're in a great place. I said you're in a great place. This is a great opportunity for the church today. Now, there are some video games that task you with specific missions. How many of your children got new video games for Christmas? A few of you? Come on, the rest of you are not telling the truth, I know. They're playing them online. They're having a good time. Even if you don't know about it, that's what they're doing, right? Right? Okay. As you pursue victory in any given one of those games, if you come upon certain markers in the game, you gain more power from them. Right? If you tap that, new energy comes to you. And just about the time you're going to run out, you hit this thing and you acquire more power to continue. And right about now, in the middle of your trouble, you need more power. If ever we needed more power, it's today. That's why you need to be back tonight for 6 o'clock communion at the table of the Lord where the power flows. So look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. scared. Here's the promise of God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I have a power source. I'll be at that table tonight to regain, renew, and restore power in my life. And I'm nudged to tell you, no matter what's going on in your life, he will bless you in front of your enemies. You know how to aggravate your enemies? To sit there, they have to sit there and watch you get blessed while they're throwing the best they can throw at you. And you're sitting there being blessed by the Lord, right? Your children coming into order, your finances breaking through, healing manifesting in your body, deliverance from what it was that held you back. In the presence of your enemies, God's going to feed you and you will acquire more power. And often we come to God complaining about all these enemies while overlooking the fact that he's been feeding us while we've been surrounded by enemies. The reason why your enemy is so upset, you haven't rolled over. You haven't quit. You haven't capitulated. The reason he gets so upset, you're still prospering. Your soul is still prospering. The reason he's so upset, he has formed every weapon he can think of, and they haven't prospered against you. Our enemy is mad at us because we're supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be crazy. We're supposed to be in psychosis now. We're not supposed to get up in the morning and bless the Lord, but our feet are hitting the floor in the morning, and we're thanking God for another opportunity. Someone ought to shout, you've been blessed before your enemies. Amen. Calvary Christian Center, don't ever be afraid of the enemy. He has to sit there and watch you get blessed. Watch you receive your healing. Watch you prosper. Watch you be his own special people. So he'd better shut up while you're at your table. My God has prepared you a table. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. God's will for the people of the Lord is not to be run over, but to stand up and resist the enemy and defeat him. Amen? Calvary, we're blessed. You're coming up on another item that is going to fill you with power again. Because in the battle, you get depleted. In the fight, your anointing begins to drain out because you're using it in the fight. And he prepares this table before us in the presence of the enemy. We're still being fed. We're still being blessed. And listen, no matter what he does, we're still walking in the favor of the Lord. We're wrestling principalities and powers, but we're in charge. We have the authority with us. The wicked spirits are not in charge. God is in charge. And through his church, we are in charge. Our enemies will fall before us. So don't be afraid to lift up your feet 
and claim your territory. And then comes another power surge. Just when you feel depleted and you feel like, huh, I don't know if I can go any further, you anoint my head with oil. Someone just got a power rise. Amen? We're closer to God than we've ever been in our lives. And we can't thank our friends for it. Thank your enemies because they drove you closer to God. They pushed you in the direction of the Lord. We have to run and run and run to him. I'm thankful for those attacks. I'm grateful that the enemy decided he wanted to put me in his sights. I'm thankful for what they caused to come up out of me that I needed to have growth in and development in. I'm thankful for what it pushed me to do. Your enemies drove you to pray like you haven't prayed before. Your enemies helped you to discover God like you never knew him before. Your enemies helped you to get further on the journey than you would have ever gone if you just had coasted for the rest of your days. God will allow your enemies to watch you eat and feed and feast in the presence of the Lord. But listen, the enemy is not just there to watch you eat because in victory, you will eat poverty up. You will eat sickness up. God wants us to be a victorious church. Amen? And the pressure from your enemies... Do you ever feel it? I, I physically can feel it. The pressure from our adversary. Go and squeeze your neighbor's arm. See if they've been working out at all. Just, just test it. Yeah. See if there's anything there. Okay? Yeah. There you go. Squeeze them. The pressure from your enemies was to squeeze a greater anointing out of your life. While you were out enjoying your Saturday, I was in my closet, and God was speaking. And this is what he said. I will give Calvary Christian Center a fresh anointing. Amen? Fresh. And I declare by the power of the rhema word, he dropped into my spirit, fresh, powerful anointing. From the crowns of our heads to the soles of our feet, everything we put our hands to will prosper in the middle of our enemies. In Jesus' name, if you receive it, give God thanks and praise and honor him today. He's anointed me. Thank you, Lord, because I need fresh. And my cup runs over. In the Hebrew word, cup means portion. And God says, there's a normal portion. And he says, I'm overflowing your normal portion. Anybody want to receive that? I'm overflowing your normal portion. Folks, I don't have time to play church. I don't know about you, where you are, but I know where I am, and I understand. I don't have time to play church. I don't have time for that stuff. I'm here to deliver what I'm carrying. And here's what I'm, as a messenger, carrying. All you have to do is receive it by faith. We need this for where we're going. You need to accept and receive it. You didn't come through what you faced, the personal stuff that you've had to encounter, the people who betrayed you, the layoffs, the setbacks, the health challenges. You haven't lost anything. Provision is still here. Amen. God wants you to know I'm giving you an anointing and I am overflowing you. That's the God I know. Which means people around you are going to get blessed. Here's why they're going to get blessed. Because you're so wet with the anointing oil that it's just going to flow through the body of Christ. So stop just trying to survive. He said, you're trying to survive when I want you to thrive. I want you to flourish. I want you to be a lamp on a hill. I want the whole world to look and see, what's the deal with that people? Because no matter what's going on around, these people seem to always rise to the top, right? Stop, stop paying so much attention to all the stuff happening around you that doesn't mean anything. Say thrive. thrive. Say live. Amen. And the stuff happening in our lives, 
It just comes with the territory. It's a part of the battle. We were born in a dimension of time that makes us dangerous. The devil needs to know we're armed and dangerous. So the enemy had to assign entities to try to take us out. Demons know who we are, and they know if they've neutralized us, or they know if we have power over them. And you've been praying for this stuff to stop, and God is saying, just go ahead and rule in the middle of your enemies. Just rule in the middle of the fight. He said, as soon as they can't move you, I will move them. That's how it works in the kingdom battles. As soon as they can't move us, God will move them. And you can't get upset talking about enemies that aren't even thinking about you. Because you think every devil's looking just at you. Well, they're not, okay? Because you can wreck your car swinging at a gnat flying around your head in the car, right? If you had a gnat in your car and you take your attention off the road, you swing at the gnat, you're going to have a wreck. It's kind of like the distracted drivers you see all the time, right? Except they're not swinging at a gnat. They're playing around on some device they've got on their lap. And they're not paying attention. Every once in a while, okay? And all our complaining is gnats. You're driving along. You're on the journey. If you allow something to distract you and you wreck the car, it's your fault because you're in charge. Will you survive or will you thrive? The Word teaches if you wait for perfect conditions, you will do nothing. Zero. Don't wait for conditions to change before you begin to operate in the God-given giftings and power and authority he's given to us. You will wait until you die if you think I just get to sit here and coast. Use what God gave you today. Use it this week. Put it to work tomorrow morning. Show how great our God is. God will prepare a table before you, for you, before your enemies. He will anoint your head with oil, his oil. I want his oil. He will give you overflow because he wants you to thrive. God brought us through the wilderness to test us, to see what is in us. The first Sunday I preached after the COVID breakout, my wife and I got very, very sick. I got it, I got it on, a, on a Friday night. This was before it became public. Okay? It's a Friday night, and I know myself. I, do not, I don't roll over very easily, but I knew whatever hit me, and I'd already had some information about this from other sources, and I knew, uh-oh, I knew the impact it was having so quickly. So I picked up the phone, texted my son, and said, you're preaching Sunday morning. He go, huh? I said, yeah. So tomorrow, you're going to dig in because you're preaching. So I'm not going to be able to make it. I knew I wouldn't rebound that fast because whatever hit me was so hard and so nasty, right? Now, the first Sunday back after that, I stood up in this pulpit and I said to everybody here, the first time we gathered together, I put it in these terms, because I think it was right after that we shut down for a period to follow the protocols. Then we didn't know what was going to happen. And I said, this is a test. And whatever's in us is going to come out. And whatever's not in us is going to manifest. This is a test. God's allowing this test, okay? God brought us through the wilderness to test us, to see what's in us. Then we will see what we are made of and what God has placed in us. There has never been a weapon constructed that will prosper against you. Thank God for that. Amen? And having done all, Paul said, stand, you're anointed, and your enemy will only be able to look at you and watch you, 
but you will put your family back together again. You will see God bring them all back under his umbrella. You will see reconciliation where there's been brokenness. Make that business deal that you were praying about and hoping for. You're going to see healing turnarounds, the likes of which we haven't seen in the church in decades. So let's get off a pause and do what God's designed us to do and operate in power and in authority because we, the church, are unstoppable. And with that, stand to your feet and bless the Lord, everybody. Come on, bless the Lord and thank him. Come on, you can do better than just a hand clap. You can shout to the Lord. You can praise the Lord. You can honor the Lord. You can ask him for repentance and revival and restoration because he's got all of that and more for the people who stay faithful to him. Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. Lift your hands, everybody. Just a few minutes and praise God for his goodness. Amen. Thank him. Holy Spirit, you look across this room and you see phenomenal impact players who can change our culture and change business and defeat the enemy and rout the adversary and see what the enemy intended for good, for bad and evil turn into the good things you have for us. So let your people walk in power and authority and rule in this life as kingdom children. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you that in the middle of that, coming with the territory, will be battles. Yeah. And they're going to only serve to make us stronger, resilient, and people of endurance who won't quit. Thank you, Lord. With eyes closed for just a couple of minutes. Whether you're at home or here. We're all on a journey from birth to death. And after death, the judgment. You're either in the book of life or you're not. You either belong to the family or you've said, I don't want to belong to the family. We get to make that choice. God's not going to push you, force you, but he's calling you home to the family. He's offering to you forgiveness. He's offering to you reconciliation. He's offering to you eternity with him. Great joy forevermore. No punishment for past failures. All forgiven. That's the great message of Jesus. There is no religion that can give you that except relationship through Jesus. And so I challenge all of you in the room, eyes closed, please. If you want to join the family of God, not the church, this church or denomination, but his people, his church, his kingdom, his family, just lift your hand and say, I need a fresh start in 2022. I need forgiveness. I want reconciliation. I want to know my sins are gone. I'm washed and I'm clean. Anyone in the room, just get that hand straight up in the air and say, I'm ready to make a new beginning anywhere in the place. If you're at home, you can do the same. And you can pray with all of us. In fact, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I confess I've sinned. I can't fix it. I can't pay for it. But your son came and did. He died in my place. He took what I deserved. And then he rose again and has all power and all authority. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. I confess your son. Jesus is my Savior in his name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please connect with us quickly as possible. It's very important to do that. For those of you at home, if you prayed that prayer, just please 
immediately email us or call us, leave us a message. And I want to say to all the home viewers, screen viewers, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you, key word, peace. You won't have what I preached about without him in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. Appreciate that very, very much.